I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about a new twist with carbon and plants, some good news for all you walkers out there, and a new study on kids and self-esteem. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. We are pumping a huge amount of CO2 into the atmosphere, and while that's been rough on the planet, there has been at least one beneficiary. Plants. Plants, I mean, they eat CO2 for breakfast, right? And lunch and dinner and high tea. That's right. So as all of our smart listeners already know, plants suck in water and carbon dioxide, and through light energy from the sun, they use photosynthesis to turn it all into energy. Right. CO2 and water and sun, that's like an all-you-can-eat buffet for trees. I guess plants must be loving this huge increase in CO2, huh? Yep. Before the Industrial Revolution, there were about 280 parts per million of carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. That means that for every million particles in our air, 280 of them were carbon dioxide. Now we're over 400 parts per million, right? Nearing 420. Yikes. Yeah, so check this out. Since about 1982, researchers have found that plants have added so much leaf cover, it could cover the entire continental United States twice. Okay, so that's a good thing, right? Like all the new foliage must be sucking up all the new CO2 we're spewing into the atmosphere. I mean, totally. Our emissions definitely seem to have caused a speeding up of photosynthesis until it didn't. Wait, what? (laughs) Okay, that's right. A new study suggests that plants were loving all that new carbon dioxide in the atmosphere until about the year 2000, when the perfect storm of conditions happened and all the shrubbery CO2 love hit the rocks. So they just are not sucking up CO2 anymore? How's that possible? Researchers analyzed satellite images of all different ecosystems, from grasslands to forests, from shrublands to farmlands, and even savannas. They used artificial intelligence to track changes over time and then compared all those results to data taken from ground monitors used to measure levels of CO2 and water in the air. They found data dating all the way back to 1982 and made a sort of data movie fast-forwarding to 2016. Wow, that is a ton of data. What did they find? For one thing, everything became less green. That alone suggests that photosynthesis is slowing down. Do they know why? They have a pretty good idea. It's because of, I mean, honestly, carbon dioxide emissions. Well, now I'm confused. I thought the CO2 was supposed to be good for plants. It is, but it's not so great for our climate. Because of climate change, our world has become more arid and more dry. Photosynthesis isn't just about converting carbon dioxide. It also requires water. Got it. And if all the crazy wildfires all over the globe are any indication, we're drying out. (laughs) Some places are. Absolutely, yeah. So the researchers are excited to begin to get their heads around what's going on, because the more we learn about mechanisms driving our climate and climate change, the more we realize just how undeniably complicated the whole system is. They think that photosynthesis could continue to slow and even flatten out entirely. 
In other words, we would lose one of our major allies in the battle over climate change. Exactly. So far, plants have been the tip of the spear, but it could be that soon we'll find ourselves alone in the fight against global climate change. Turns out, walking is pretty good for you. Didn't we already know that? Well, yeah. I mean, there's been lots of data pointing to the fact that getting in a little walk here and there can reduce your risk of all kinds of diseases. In fact, we've talked about a few of those studies on this show before. Yeah, right. Like the one that showed that just getting up and walking for five minutes every half hour gives your health a surprisingly big boost. Exactly. And while there's been a ton of data, there hasn't been anything like the study that was recently published in the European Journal of Preventative Cardiology. It smushed together 17 different studies to analyze the walking habits of 226,889 people from across the globe. Holy crap. Okay, that's like putting a pedometer on everyone in an entire city. Right? It was the largest analysis of the benefits of walking ever. And despite everything we already know about the benefits of walking, what they found was actually pretty surprising. It turns out you don't need all that many steps to start reaping the healthy rewards of taking a stroll. So maybe mall walking is overkill? Maybe I just need to produce a walk? Don't get too carried away. Let's talk about the results. They found that taking as little as 2,337 steps a day is associated with a reduced risk of dying from diseases of the heart and blood vessels. You mean cardiovascular disease? Yes. Wow. Okay, you don't even have to walk 2,500 steps to have that benefit? And walking a mere 4,000 steps every day reduces your risk of dying from literally any cause. <laughs> like I said, produce eye walking is where it's at. So here's the thing. With every increase in the number of steps you take, the benefits skyrocket. For every 1,000 steps you take, you get a bonus 15% reduction in death from any cause. And the craziest thing is that they didn't find any limit to the benefits. In other words, as far as they know, you could walk a million steps and the benefits just keep racking up. Right, because sometimes there's kind of a Goldilocks zone of exercise where if you do more than a certain amount, you stop seeing the benefits. But not with walking, although it is important to note that there hasn't been much analysis on the effects of taking more than 20,000 steps. But the bigger picture here is that there's strong evidence that a sedentary lifestyle leads to dramatically shorter lives. By some estimates, nearly a quarter of everyone on Earth struggles to get enough movement in their day, which could lead to over 3 million deaths a year. So this is a big study with big benefits for a big number of people around the world. Absolutely. And look, finding the time to get enough exercise can be pretty daunting. If you think it's too hard, well, you might just give up. But this study shows that every little bit actually helps, and that could be a motivator for millions of people. I mean, hope is a good thing. So while this study shows an association, not necessarily a cause... You mean they don't know that walking causes these health benefits, only that people who walk die less frequently? Yeah, something like that. So despite the fact that they can't prove causation yet, a study this massive should get us all off our couches and out into the world, even if it is just to the produce aisle. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Our next story focuses on another huge study. This one analyzed over 33,000 kids to find out what factors had the greatest impact on their self-esteem. Okay, so there are all sorts of things in the world that we can kind of figure out using intuition, or, or at least we think that we can. But when a study is done, it blows our intuition out of the water. And to me, it feels like this study could be one of those. And you're not wrong. When we think about how kids, and even adults for that matter, build up self-esteem, we think about things like sports or academics, right? Right. Like, I would imagine that if a kid does really well at sports, that probably has a huge impact on her self-esteem. I mean, they always say that athletics build up confidence, don't they? Well, they do say that. But at least for the most part, they're wrong. While athletic competence shows some correlation to high self-esteem, it was actually the weakest correlation they found. That is a huge surprise. So what are the biggest factors? Okay, before I get into that, let's talk a little bit about the study. So it was published in the International Journal of Behavioral Development. And like I said, it analyzed data from over 33,000 children between the ages of 8 and 12 across 21 countries. It was the largest analysis ever on self-esteem development in middle childhood. They used existing data from 93 published studies that measured children's self-evaluations across domains like academic competence, athletic skills, physical appearance, and peer and parent relationships. Just things like that. So what makes a kid confident? <laughs> Looks. No. <laughs> yeah. So it turns out that the way a kid sees him or herself is the most highly correlated factor in their sense of self-esteem. And that was pretty much the same boy, girl, any gender, anywhere in the world. So it's not just a local cultural thing. No. Uh, so while there are a ton of factors that influence a child's developing view of themselves, physical appearance was the one that pulled the most weight. And it's also one that they obviously have very little control over. Ugh. So what's going on here? Why, why do kids care so much about their looks? They have some theories. The first is that looks are pretty easy to spot. The second someone looks at you, they can evaluate how you look, but they can't necessarily tell whether or not you're a great soccer player or how many A's you got in school. Yeah, that makes sense. Our world also seems increasingly obsessed with appearance, especially with social media these days. And they don't discount that either. Our media is constantly sending out messages about the importance of being physically attractive. Parents and adults certainly respond to that, and kids absolutely pick up on it. But they were still pretty surprised that looks were the most important thing in determining one's self-worth. You mentioned that the way we look isn't totally under our control. So is it healthy to use that as the ultimate measure of your self-worth? No, not exactly. Researchers say it's important to let kids know that they are loved no matter what they look like and to give them more opportunities to discover passions in other areas. Because while appearance is the biggest factor, it's not the only factor. So it's probably a good thing to build our self-esteem on like a bunch of different things. Exactly. None of us are just a pretty face. We are so, so much more than that. And fostering that kind of mindset can go a long way towards building kids with healthier senses of self. Well, in my opinion, looks are way less important than, say, your level of curiosity. <laughs> okay, bad joke, but good point. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Thanks to increased levels of CO2 in our atmosphere, plants have been photosynthesizing like crazy, slurping up our emissions through their leafy green straws. But researchers have found that as the planet dries out, rapid photosynthesis has slowed down, which will make it even more difficult for us to fight global warming. In the largest ever study analyzing how many daily steps you need for health benefits, researchers found that just 2,000 to 4,000 steps can reduce mortality risk. But the more you walk, the better. Up to 20,000 steps keeps providing perks like 15% lower death risk. 
So take as many steps as you can for a long, healthy life. A global study of over 33,000 tweens shockingly found that when it comes to self-esteem, looks matter more than brains or talent. The researchers conclusively confirmed that although academic skills and peer relationships contribute, a child's own view of their physical appearance is the single strongest factor shaping their emerging self-worth across diverse cultures. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.